You are listening to the Salty Witches Podcast. I'm your host, Austin, and I'm here with Michael. Hello. And our special guest, Matt Hatter Plays. Hello. Who, who we will we will just refer to as Matt yes. for, the, for the episode tonight. So, yes. So right. um, we're super excited because we're kind of going not necessarily away from the witchcraft and spirituality, but we're going to talk about some things that center around folklore and spirituality. And Matt is a folklorist, and I'm sure he, he has some very strong opinions on certain things which we are here for so yes, be are, salty as salty yes, can those, be those are those are our often favorite. and usually too many <laughs> okay <laughs> i same yeah people come for me all the time that's that's, that's okay. okay as i was saying those are usually our favorite kind of opinions so yes. um so before we before we kind of dive into some of the rest of our discussion tonight though um can you can you tell us a little bit about yourself matt for our listeners no. those of you who aren't familiar with you yeah, absolutely. Um, I do a ton of study into the occult and other spiritual beliefs. Um, my love of folklore comes from a lot of that. And uh, as for me as an individual, I am just kind of a indigenous individual who just likes to research history and culture. Okay. So would you consider yourself a witchcraft practitioner or would you just consider yourself an occultist? I would generally consider myself more of an occultist. Um, witchcraft, as it, when we look through history, doesn't exist in the same vein and in the same way in the cultures that I read through. Yeah. Cool. Uh, that's good. We, we've talked about that before. You know, we talk about the use of the word or the identification of so many spiritual practices, you know, with, you know, with the word witchcraft. Right. And um, and yeah, I think that that's a conversation that we're, we're fortunately that we're happily, you know, we're seeing is happening a bit more, you know, like like there are so many different spiritual practices out there and they're not all uh, identified as witchcraft, you know. So, um, yeah. So I think it's, it's good that we're honoring those things. So. Um, so. All right. So you're a folklorist. Mm hmm. Um, can you clarify for our listeners kind of what the difference is there? Or I guess, um, what, what exactly is that? I mean, what is it that a folklorist does? So it's boiled down as I can, but expanding on the actual definary diction, definition, words are mm -hmm. hard today. Um, it is the study and description of culture through the humanities. Things like art, stories, jokes, foods all of those types of things really, and how they end up describing what a culture is. Their spirituality is a big part of that as well. Okay. Okay, cool, cool. So have you noticed confusion in some parts of the spiritual community about what folk practice is? Um, absolutely. I see a ton of confusion with it. They all just kind of assume folk practice and witchcraft are typically hand in hand. However, in most folklore, witches are the bad guys <laughs> mm -hmm. folklore it usually dictates the good magic user as just a person with magical talent the witch is the one who made bad decisions with her practice yeah that 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 does that is true that would yeah. be, that would certainly be true for austin and i um all right i am not bad always no hey, you're not a bad guy just because you're a bad guy <laughs> exactly yeah so so i you know i want to talk a little bit about what distinguishes folklore from 
spirituality because I I know that in having you know this discussion around folk magic, folk practice, folklore, these kinds of things, you know, we see a lot of overlap between folklore and spiritual practice, but the the folklore itself to me at least and, and please correct me if i'm wrong but the folklore to me seems like it would be something more within the realm of like an academic study or more within the realm of philosophy and less about like actual practice um is it's that very, true it's very dependent um someone like me is very much the academic so okay. there's two different ways of looking at folklore some folklorists are more hands-on actually being amongst the people and learning through their spiritual learnings about the folklore and how it's describing them, whereas somebody like me cracks open more books and looks from them from a further back standpoint and looks at the bigger picture. Okay, all right. So how could you see, I guess to kind of ex expand on that or extend that that a little bit, where, where are you seeing or are you seeing, maybe maybe this is a better way to ask, like, like are you seeing or, or have you had personal experiences where you've seen someone who in the process of pursuing a particular spiritual path, like our path, excuse me, that they've um, like they've, they've kind of crossed a line there, I guess, is, is where I'm going. Like like we we see that. I mean, for example, we we deal a lot with people who, you know, they come into the shop, they talk to us in different platforms, different areas of life. And, um, you know, and they they seem to have a lot of them seem to have the inability to kind of distinguish what we could describe as folkloric kinds of information with, uh, you know, contemporary practice. And so like, are you are, do you have anything like or have you had any personal experiences on that? Like, do Absolutely. you see confusion there? My big, probably one of my biggest examples is every single time I hear somebody say that they're playing with the Fae or the fairies or whatever, mm -hmm. that is probably my biggest example because honestly, the Fae folk were never somebody that you really wanted to hang out mm -hmm. with. Yeah. And then on top of that, they're not supposed to be here and you don't really see their introduction into most practices in the Americas, especially until you start seeing immigrants come over from the islands. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, that's probably one of my biggest examples is people see a mushroom ring and they automatically assume there's fairies in the area when you're like, I'm sorry, I know that the stories tell you circle means fairy ring. However, yeah. that's not the truth all the time. Sorry. And it gets yeah. conflated all the time. Yeah, mm -hmm. it really does. I mean, it's, it's just like people who... People who decide that every little thing is a sign every mm -hmm. teeny tiny little thing is a sign from their deity or their spirit and it, most recently what's been getting me is like all the spiders and everyone assuming it's loki and it's like or it could I just still, i just still don't get the spider association well, even, but... it's fall <laughs> that's where the spiders yeah. are coming exactly. from exactly they're looking and, for a warm place to be well that and even if it is a a, a message from spirit or whatever how many spirits, deities, and archetypes are associated with spider? Mm -hmm. yeah, quite I think one of the biggest things um, in America, especially, is there's such a loss of culture that when somebody mm -hmm. holds on to something, they're desperately wanting that to be the culture that belongs to them. There's mm -hmm. nothing wrong with that, but until you're actually embedded into the culture, until you actually have your heart right next to it, you're not going to understand the same signs as everybody else. Um, when I sit there and I see mushrooms around a tree, that means something completely different in an indigenous pr practice than it does to a Celtic individual. 
mm-hmm. still means stay away, but for very different reasons. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. That make, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I, I was going to say to kind of carry like that that last question a little bit further. What are, what are your thoughts or what kind of experiences have you had with people within, we'll just, we'll just say the alternatively spiritual community, not, not witchcraft, not, you know, not other, just, just in general. Um, like what, what's your idea or what kind of experiences have you had with people who also kind of take something like folk folklore, folkloric information, folk practice, and really kind of conflate or confuse that with like fantasy fairy tale. Um, because we see that a lot. Like we we recently we taught a class here on on the Fae, on working with Fae spirits, oh. or 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 better yet, have you know not working with Fae spirits, and um and we had a woman in the class who was talking about practices and beliefs and things, and and she was basically like uh, she was it was the Lord of the Rings, like she was just all about that. Um, so what what are, what are your ideas or your opinions on that because once again i find that that's something that is is confusing to so many people well as an indigenous individual my first thought process is is new agers suck just in general yeah we um, would agree yeah <laughs> but this con this conflation uh generally comes from this basis of again not having an origin um so many different people have their family ties going all the way back to blah 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 Mm-hmm. And everybody wants to share their opinions. And then everybody gets a bunch of media all wrapped into one big tangled mess. And nobody listens to the professionals anymore to untangle that for them because it's a bunch of escapism and it's a bunch of need to have that special and unique talent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've noticed that. A lot of special people, a lot of pick me kinds of people. <laughs> popping up more and more in our community now it's it's uh, it's very unfortunate yeah trust me everybody gets chosen by their patron nowadays and i kind of hate mine so i'm like real confused (laughs) as to how this is supposed to work yeah yeah it's uh, it's unfortunate (laughs) um so bringing things back to a more fun positive spin positive spin. Yeah, why, sure. do we, why, do, why do we need to be fun and positive i mean um, we are the salty witches do go. both i'm all um, with either yeah. <laughs> what's one of your favorite pieces of folklore uh trickster spirits they are my generally my favorite pieces to ever read about uh specifically coyote and raven for me <laughs> as an individual and stories such as trickster spirits like coco Pelli, uh mm-hmm. other things like that yeah. Um, those are my favorites of all time, but okay. trickster spirits is an interesting topic because I think that's something else that's been discussed or is being discussed a lot in, um, well, lots of different facets of, of, you know, the pagan alternatively spiritual communities. Um, <laughs> what's, what's your take on that? Because, you know, we, we, we talk a lot with people who are there, there's this fear, like there's a palpable fear in so many people about these spirits that we identify as tricksters. Um, when, when really the trickster spirits are sometimes the most beneficial, mm-hmm. um, so what's your what's your personal take on that or, or based on your own studies and, and because, you know, that's one of your favorite pieces of folkloric information. Um, where, where do you see the value or what what kind of value would you see within trickster spirits within pretty much any spiritual practice? Um, I have two trains of thought when it comes to the way people look at trickster spirits nowadays and the way that I myself look at tricksters when it comes to your general populace. The fear comes from the fact that it is not gimme. Um, most people, when they work with a spirit or entity or whatever they're trying to work with, they get instant results and there's no buyback. There's no issues coming back towards them. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you are really working with a trickster, 
traditionally speaking, you have to be careful because trickster spirits have a duality amongst them. It is high benefit, high risk. Mm -hmm. That is generally speaking what you get when you get with a trickster. And most people find that to be terrifying now because Mm -hmm. it's not your, you know, Diana, Hades. uh, It's not your whoever, Egyptian God. Mm -hmm. It's it's not the person just giving it to you. You have to work with and be willing to take the risk. Mm -hmm. Well, I I think, I think that deep rooted fear along those lines also comes down to this fear of honestly, practical, just working. Mm -hmm. There is so much laziness when it comes to individuals, witchcraft and practice nowadays, whatever it is, that any any idea or route to to their goal, if it has more than three steps, they're like, well, no, I'm out. If I can't roll this candle in 15 different herbs and light it on fire and say, ooh, pretty, then I'm done. And that's really unfortunate because there are a lot of people and a lot of newer practitioners, whether they're witches or, or, or just working with deities or spirits, are missing out on an entire facet of of that being of that spirit. I love working with trickster, trickster spirits. Um, and the reason being is because one, there's the high risk, but also the high reward. But on top of that, it really does keep you on your toes and helps you assert a helps you learn where your sovereignty is at. It helps, they help a lot of people learn to say no, but they also teach a lot of people compromise and a lot of people don't like compromise. Yeah, I mean, it also doesn't benefit when we look into media. Again, that's Mm. going to be our version of folklore now in the modern Mm -hmm. time. Yeah. Um, Which I've had to come to terms with and it's hurt me a whole bunch. Um, Yeah. Media says it's the heroes thing. It's the, clash of the titans it's the gods give you the gift go do the thing Mm -hmm. it's it's not taught the same way anymore the books don't teach the same way anymore they always teach this is your end result you're going to get it and it's going to be great for you they don't teach that yeah you want the big shit great here you go here's the problem (laughs) here's Mm -hmm. where you're going to have to think on your feet here's where you're going to have to trade they don't make those distinctions anymore, which either A, it's a loss of information or it is a knowledge that if you do the scary stuff, if you talk about the scary stuff, no one will buy the book. Yeah, 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 that's true, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I like what you said there, Matt, where if you talk about the scary stuff, no one will buy the book. And I think that's where I'm loving a lot of the more modern uh writers and authors i mean we have people like laura tim zakroff um lisa rose bird and all these other authors stephanie 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 rose bird sorry i don't know why i think her name is lisa i'm not sure either i think it's because there's another there's another author with the name lisa Eh. but um whoever the author may be but these (laughs) whoever this is all, all these authors who are now actually talking about those things. And I remember 
Um, there is an author, her name's Dorothy Morrison, uh, from years and years and years ago. She came out with this book, I think in the early 2000s, called Utterly Wicked. And it's an entire book on hexes, curses, jinxes, and and more baneful work. And back in the t early 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s, that's not what witches did. Mm -mm, that's <laughs> not what practitioners did. No, that's mm -hmm. bad. Rule of three, karma, karma, karma. And that book was not well received. And so when when you could get your hands on that book as a practitioner looking to expand upon that, it was out of print and it was expensive. Now these things have come back and it, you can get that book so quickly. I mean, we sell at least a, one copy of that book in the shop a week. Yeah. And yeah. the only issue is, is how many people buy it for the clout. I mean, buy yeah. it for the content that they can then spew onto the internet. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's kind of the big issue is nobody's reading it to gain things. Mm. People are reading it to turn around and spew it back out. Turn around and abuse yeah. those poor lemons. So this is a question that that um, that we've asked some of our other guests, um, and, and I'm always kind of curious to see, um, you know, to hear everybody's different, you know, take. Although I will say, so far everybody kind of really is pretty much kind of been in agreement or has kind of said some very similar things, but. You know, as as someone you 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 know as someone who has a uh, you know a social media presence, you know an internet presence, and as someone who has um, you know kind of brought um, at least aspects of their knowledge around spirituality, folklore, these kinds of things, the occult. You know, um, how how do you feel the internet has has done the the spiritual communities good or bad? Like, I mean, is it is it overall has it been a good thing? I think overall, I don't have a good answer. <laughs> I think overall, okay. Okay. my answer is, is that the way I see it, bad, but the way that I understand it, if I didn't have the internet, I wouldn't be connected to so many great practitioners. Mm. I wouldn't have the ability to gather so many knowledgeable books and books that I don't want to give to other people that I can actually just hold on to my computer there's all of these things that are so good about the internet spirituality. Mm -hmm. I think much like my real life, I have an avoidance towards the major populace. <laughs> yeah. And I think that that's probably where uh, I guess I would fall in line with what a lot of people think that the major populace kind of a negative connotation, but I don't blame the internet spirituality for it. I blame people who want, freebies want free fame mm -hmm. want free okay. popularity on that yeah okay okay yeah no i i no i absolutely i, I would agree absolutely so all right so so as an indigenous person how do you see eurocentric belief currently impacting spiritual practice it's everywhere i mean it's kind of poisonously everywhere yeah. mm -hmm. i mean when talking about witchcraft again we kind of have to remember that it doesn't mean the same thing for me Mm -hmm. So when yeah. people are calling themselves witches back and forth, that is kind of an indicator that I'm going to be talking to somebody with a European mindset, mm -hmm. a colonial mindset, colonizer, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, it's not, it's just everywhere. And a lot of people don't even realize what they're taking from indigenous practice half of the time, especially in the Americas. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, Wicca was so huge in the 60s going into the 80s and 90s. And Wicca is nothing but just a mass amount of appropriate misappropriation. Mm -hmm. 
And every book from probably the 1980s to probably the late 90s was focused around Wicca. Even even books like Mastering Witchcraft by Paul Hewson mm -hmm. were Eurocentric and still well, I mean he was English. Yeah, so, and still yeah. and still very, very Wicca focused. And so as we're growing, it is our duty to decolonize our craft. And unfortunately, there are people out there who are, for some reason, still clinging on to those misappropriated ideas and not, and just aren't willing to let them go. Well, I think Matt made a good point to that earlier, though, and, and we kind of talked about that in a, in a roundabout, you know, with, with a prior uh, topic or, or question. But I find that a lot of the times those people who are so reluctant to let go of the misinformation, one of the reasons that they're doing that is, is certainly, I mean, we have, we have to deal with issues of entitlement, privilege, mm -hmm. these kinds of things. But, but also there seems to be for many of those people, the lack of an alternative. Mm -hmm. You know, you're dealing with a lot of people, particularly, you know, white people who, who really don't have anything except the the false spiritualities or the appropriative information that they've bought into or going back to church, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, and of course there, there are alternatives, but then of course that comes down to now you have to do a little bit of work to figure out what those are. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So I, I think that that's a lot of the time, that's a, that's a problem. I think if we could continue to provide, if we continue to provide resources and information to give people alternatives, you know, like, like viable alternatives are good things, or we can continue to encourage people to pursue those things, even if they have been appropriated from other cultures to to maybe pursue those things in the right way, if that is possible for them, you know, I think then you would probably see that less. Mm -hmm. And then I would hope, I would hope that we would see that less in the community. Um, I mean, yeah, we would absolutely love to see it, but unless it's spoon fed and comfortable, um, mm -hmm. they just recoil like a snake yeah. that can't bite into something. Yeah, that, yeah, that is very very true yeah well it happened it happened in in the shop today i was mm. someone it was a group of teenagers who came in and they were in awe over the nordic statuary okay fine whatever mm. i am not a nordic practitioner i don't really have a connection there whatever um and they were they didn't even know about like the world serpents or mm. anything like that and they were just talking about how great it was. And they had a very racist feel to them. And so hmm. I, I brought up, I was like, so, so you know that like origins of these gods, like make them not white, right? Hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> so they're white, quote unquote, I guess, but they're not they're not the ultimate form they would never mm. have called themselves the ultimate race mm -hmm. i mean mm -hmm. unless you're a Jotun or something in that case they're probably not happy about it yeah <laughs> um, yeah but overarchingly and... yeah there's well i can't say much as norse is not my favorite uh mm culture exactly too yeah yeah nor, nor nor ours but you know but we do we do deal with norse pagans quite a bit um yeah. You know, and, and you know, and they they certainly they do have their place in our community. Um, of course. You know, uh, but uh, yeah, but I, I do find that that for me continues to be one facet of the pagan community that really there just seems to be so much 
misinformation and and mm. just and like a almost like a willful like i don't want to learn i just want to you know yell thor and you know and wear my mjolnir and call myself a norse pagan um anyway and and ignore the the horrible issue of white supremacy in my community yeah um yeah, we sure do love ignoring that unless. Oh, yeah. Around. Well, you know, and, and to be clear, <laughs> to be clear, because I know that there are Norse pagans who do listen to our podcast. And please, you know, I, I absolutely you know, I do want to clarify, you know, like I'm not trying to shit on the Norse pagan community. I absolutely understand white supremacy is an issue in every facet of mm -hmm. the of the spiritual community. Um, yeah. But since you kind of brought that up today. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just so it's so. Like Matt said everyone and you said everyone all these people are reaching for something mm -hmm. they're reaching yeah. for some form of spirituality and it's it's frustrating because you, we can see these people reaching for it and they don't want to do any of the work to actually get there or understand it and so instead what they do is they fall back on that very colonial colonizer mindset of well i live here now and so i can do this and that's just not true it's just like the people who come in who are 186th cherokee and yeah whatever that whatever that means and right. just spout <clears throat> off on how they're a shamaness and when you look at them and you go that culture doesn't have shamans no okay. mm. um and they're like well you just don't know you don't get it and i'm like I mean, that's when you, that's when you just say you're right and you change the subject because you can't argue with stupid. And and it's just so um, it's frustrating and it's also sad because it's like really you can't just like read a book or <laughs> read oh. a decent book, look in the back, see if so it's uh, well sourced. Exactly. So okay, so here's 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 a question for you here so here's kind of like a like a like a big question sure. and and i want your take on this because as you, you are an indigenous person and your your opinion on this and the the way that you you know your your belief around this is going to certainly carry a hell of a lot more weight than mine mm -hmm. um do you feel at this point with the insidious nature with as much as eurocentric belief and practice and that you know as you mentioned kind of like these colonizer kind of values that we're, we're now seeing in a lot of our spiritual practice um well, not just now but you know for the last century easily um do, do you do you feel do you think that 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 really that is something that we can purge from our spiritual practice I think ultimately the amount of work that it would take and the amount of people that would have to get on board altogether, it would take a tremendous amount of effort and it would have to be almost gate kept in such a way that you just weed out all of the poison. And honestly speaking, that's, I don't think that that personally is within the wheelhouse of people in the current spiritual space. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, whether I believe that our next generation is going to be able to handle it and take care of it themselves, whether I believe that I can be proven incorrect, I, I don't know. But as far as at this very moment in time, no, absolutely not. Yeah. You I'm will sitting... always have somebody like that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I just, I just wanted to get, to get your take on that. I asked you that question. And then as you were answering that, I was kind of sitting here thinking like there are, there are like whole traditions. There are whole spiritual practices that would be, basically like 
completely like completely wiped out if yep. if that were to be and not to mention you have to have people actually want to be educated i literally yeah. had to have a hours argument with somebody who believed salvia alpena was moved over and grew in nordic land and then was traded <laughs> to celtic people like <laughs> you think you think that i you, you think that if i had to spend that many hours just trying to show that that wasn't possible do you think that that's going to overarchingly happen to everybody in the spiritual community anytime yeah. soon, if at all? Yeah, I mean, that, that's very true. Like, I, I mean, the, the, even people who are invested in trying to fight some of that, who the hell has the time and the energy? Yeah. Huh. Well, and it also comes down to like, it comes down to the way that I've had to do this is I, I, I support my BIPOC people, my, my, my friends and colleagues, and I will refer to them always. And so like, I came across this video about this person using white sage. And I was like, what was that? This person using white sage. And I was like, part of a closed practice probably shouldn't do that utilize rosemary or some other herb instead mm -hmm. and just this other person actually i'm native no it's not a closed practice i'm actually a shaman and i go and i look at this person's feed and i'm like you're they're they're 16. i'm like what you talking about <laughs> and, yeah and so yeah. i just i just went okay well i tagged vlad and i was like vlad what are your thoughts on this and that that's that's how i've been having to handle it because I, I, well, I think that's the best way yeah. to handle it as someone who really is kind of on the outside or should be on the outside of that discussion. Mm -hmm. That is the best way to handle that. But, but I also, I, I've noticed though, um, uh, kind of the same situation. Like I've had interactions with indigenous practitioners who, who have actually surprised me by saying like, oh yeah, if you want to burn white sage, burn white sage, you know, and mm -hmm. then in reaching out and communicating with them, like I've, you know, of course I've you know, usually known based on, you know, where they're, they're claiming the, the, you know, the, their particular affiliation and practice, like, well, you don't, you're, you don't have a history of working with this herb. So you are indigenous, but is this really your place to say either, mm -hmm. you know, like you're not of this particular culture or of this particular tribe, you know, I mean, is, is this really yours? Like, you know, and I, I would say, yes, obviously their opinion is going to still hold more weight than mine would, but, mm -hmm. um, but I'm kind of like, I, I'm wondering if sometimes if that creates greater confusion within the community around that yeah. debate, because I've, I've, I've actually had that interaction mm -hmm. with other indigenous people who are like, oh yeah, you can burn sage. And I'm like, wait a minute, you, your, your culture doesn't use sage. You shouldn't be really, the major issue is that we're looking at something that has a combination of over 500 different tribes mm -hmm. and that's just in North America alone. Mm -hmm. Um, so you're trying to ask each individual indigenous person to be a monolith and that's not yeah. fair for us yeah. first off oh, yeah mm -hmm. yeah because if you ask me as somebody who's well studied of course i'm going to say yeah probably don't do that it's not a good idea yeah but i'm hopey if i just went off of hopey belief systems i'd be like i don't care like that's not my sage we use sagebrush like we mm -hmm. really this means nothing to me yeah <laughs> I mean, yeah. of course, I'm sure it was in trade at some point, but ultimately it, it doesn't, it's not traditionally in our path. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
yeah, and yeah. a lot of it is more about the ceremony than the actual herb itself. It's just yeah. that the herb itself has a tough time growing a lot of places mm-hmm. and it's consistently stolen off of indigenous lands. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a discussion that we have with a lot of, of people that come through the shop looking for sage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I always Hell, burn clary sage. That's just, that stuff grows like weeds. Like, oh, it does. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 And that stuff, it does. We we have we have varieties as varieties of sage that grow wild here. You know, and yeah, you know, and we we do often make that recommendation. But um, but again, that means they have to you know go out and harvest their own sage, and no one wants to have to do that. Um, yeah. My yeah. God, going to the grocery section and getting some common sage. Oh no, mm. whatever will you do instead of going to a well, bundled I, well, metaphysical place? Ex- exactly. Well, and I guess that's another thing that, um, I mean, taking that a bit further, you know, we've got the, the concept of, of something like that, of burning herb in a ceremonial process, again, is something that I find is also somewhat appropriated. Um. You know, I mean, I mean, I, you know, I think every culture would have something that would be common mm-hmm. in, yes. its, in its folk practice. But I think the, the common associations that we see nowadays, thanks to the New Age community over the burning of white sage, that that again, even even just the process of that, the idea that that, you know, a lot of white people have now, I'm just going to go and buy a sage bundle and it's going to purify my space. Like even, even all the information behind that, to even just taking sage out of the equation, like all of the process behind that also to me kind of seems like this is still somewhat appropriate to. Yep. Yeah, the bundle um, and feather technique that everybody seems to mm-hmm. love the most. Yeah, that's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, what happened? What happened to uh, what are those incense burners that churches have? I love those things. Oh yeah, the sensors. Yeah, sensor. Yeah, yeah, I love those yeah. things. Like, yeah. I want a sensor. Can yeah. I have one of those? Because that sounds great. Like, yeah. I don't want to almost burn myself all the time on different plants. <laughs> oh God! Yeah. Well, yeah. It sounds. It sounds like he has the same burning escapades that you do austin austin loves to set things and people on fire no um, gosh i've only arsoned myself a few times yeah <laughs> yes yes our one of our our fellow uh, podcasters ariana yes austin uh nearly set fire to her head one day yes. um yes if she wasn't in the line of fire she would have been fine i guess that's very true it's really it's really it is it's more her fault you're right <laughs> Um, yeah, why didn't they just move? Yeah, dude, yeah, like, why were you standing there? Um, all right. Okay, so n- another question, and this was going to probably be a little more political, but this is an important topic, you know, and we've had opportunity to have, you know, we've had a few other guests on that have been, um, you know, we have Vlad on here regularly, and he's also Indigenous, you know, we've we've had a couple of other um, people on the podcast as guests who are, you know, like, uh, you know, people of color, Black, you know, uh, different, you know, different kinds of people, and, um, you know, and, um. You know, and I, I want—I always try to bring something kind of along the lines of what I'm about to ask you up, just because I think it's a discussion that we do need to keep having. Sure. Um, you know, but but you know, but you from your your take, you know, and and from your position, what what more really can be done, or what more do we need to see happening to support indigenous, you know, native First Nations, whatever the terminology may be, whatever people choose, right? What what more can be done to support these communities and their continued support or our pursuit of like civil rights and equal treatment within within the US, but certainly other or other other countries as well. Um, you know, what what more is it that really needs to be done? I just I would really like to hear from you on that, like your your personal um, belief or um, 
even just based off your own personal experiences, like what, what, what really needs to be happening right now? What are those next steps? Indigenous people have risen their voices for such a long time. Mm -hmm. um, white allies need to learn when to shut up and when to help Indigenous voices be heard. The amount of times that I have seen Indigenous voices shouting to stop line three is loud and proud and all of us together. The amount of times that I've seen quote unquote white allies hear that and justify, oh, well, I put a story on my timeline about it is nuts. There needs to be less of white allyship being applauded for being white allies and more time with white allies actually putting forth efforts to boost voices of people who know what's going on. Mm. Um, the amount of times that you will see generally somebody who is very, very white being saying the exact same things that indigenous people say and then getting a bunch of clout and you know the out of boy treatments yeah. is crazy yeah it's sad that half the time those people are misinformed about what they're talking about <laughs> okay for instance so some people would put stopline3.org in their bio well and myself included i said and but then i changed later to learn from step stopline3 give the money to these hmm. people because none of these other people were actually taking the time to realize that the money wasn't going towards where it, where it needed to go, mm -hmm. or at least not all of the money is going to where it needs to go. Mm -hmm. So, but we were ignored a lot of times when we had said that. So instead, you know, we're still getting this massive spout of misinformation going and an organization is making a lot of money off of indigenous voices. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking call. <laughs> yeah trust me it's it's bad and a lot of people consistently may tell us that we make everything about colonialism yes because everything ended up being colonialism yeah well I, I it's it's easier i think for so many people even in this era where everyone knows what's going on you know, even 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 the deniers and the people who you know who don't want to get on board, they they still deep down they know they know what's happened. Mm -hmm. They know you know, and you know, and I, I think it's just it's easier at this point in you know the era that we live in where the knowledge is absolutely there, you know, to you know to 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 be apathetic or to to turn a blind eye to those things because if you don't, then you do get to a point where you do have to become. Uh, you know, you have to accept some degree of your responsibility. You know, mm -hmm. you've been you've been complicit. You know, um, yeah. So I, I just I think it's it's just become so much easier for a lot of people to to just you know to kind of take that stance or that position. And and of course, you've got people on the other side of that situation who were, you know, who have been you know the the people who have been you know victimized, the people who have suffered and, you know, and they're at a moment now, not just now, but for, you know, for a long time now, you know, where they've been saying, hey, you know, we're not going to be continued to be, you know, we're not, we don't want to be treated this way anymore, you know, and, um, you know, and of course, there's anger there, right, you know, and so, so I think it, it creates this, this cycle where you've got people who are wanting to turn away from, you know, the fact that they've been complicit, people who are then responding in anger, because no, you don't get to be blind to this anymore. And then they they double down and, and choose to be even more complicit and, 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 you know, to deafen their ears, even more. So yeah, I don't know, it's just it's just really weird. And I, I think that's it's something that we, um, like I said, I, I always try to make sure we talk about this a little bit when we have an indigenous person on because I think it's a it's a big issue. Um, 
Certainly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. We it's, just... it's my everyday, so definitely yeah. understand it. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah. And you know, and we just we just want to make sure we do what we can to give. You know, if you know whoever it is that ultimately listens to this, you know, if, if even just one more person can hear from you, you know, um, you know, it's a good thing. Yep. So yeah. So yeah. is there anything else that you wanted to talk about? We re we really did kind of tangent there in the last few minutes. We really moved completely away from folklore. Um, Perfect. You know, I'm, yeah. sorry. <laughs> I'm all over the place anyway. You should definitely oh. uh, see some of the things I post completely yeah. unrelated to what. My yeah. Well, hey, yeah, that, that's that's OK. How have you seen in in, you know, switching back a bit to maybe the topic of folklore, uh, you know, and being and being a, a, the work you've done as a folklorist and an occultist? Um, how how have you noticed that your personal practice and um, just just the way that you've approached, maybe not even practice, but just the way that you feel and approach your, you know, that that particular kind of work or that interest? How, have you seen like an evolution there? Um, I ask because I'm having this conversation a bit more with people in, the, in recent days, you know, where I'm finding out or, or I'm, I'm seeing that it's becoming a little bit easier for people to be honest about how they've changed, how their practice has changed, and how it's actually been a good thing, how that kind of evolution can be healthy. Um, I can definitely say I have gone from an individual who had eh results mm -hmm. a lot of the times to being somebody who has much more precise results and on top of that my actual self has become much more empathetic not because oh I have magical empath powers now no it's mm -hmm. because I get to read these stories and I get to see the influence and impact that these stories have had on these cultures and then I get to literally every time I read a book now it gives me that feeling of where is this person in their life when this is being written? Mm. Um, ever read a Stephen King book? You can literally track where he was in his development as an author and a person mm -hmm. just yeah. based off of reading the story. Of course, all of them are terribly written at the very end because he can't end <laughs> a book to save his life. Yeah. But you just see this flow of mm -hmm. one person's story and suddenly you get a whole description of who they are what they're going through spiritually and the things that they have on mind yeah so that that's okay so so since you, you brought up stephen king okay <laughs> again I'm gonna, I'm gonna i'm gonna throw just like a random question out there so Go all right so it. so i'm gonna assume maybe i shouldn't but i'm gonna assume if you're if you're you know you read stephen king so are you a fan of horror as I a love genre horror. okay horror is my favorite genre yeah. would so, you say you're a whore for horror oh hey. yeah for hey. sure pay horror. me let's go a horror 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 a horror yeah. horror 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 let's go yeah. okay we need horror. a shirt now okay disclaimer horror, horror? We're, disc, disclaimer we're, we're you know in no way are we trying to shame sex work um oh, no i'm anyway. talking sex work um, sex work is work um Okay, so so question. So so what's your um because we're kind of getting into, you know, for a lot of people, you know, like spooky season here, right? Um yes. what's your favorite scary movie? I have three. Uh The Shining, Silent Hill, and uh Silence of the Lambs. Okay. All right. Hmm. All horror in different genre. Yeah. <laughs> Subgenre. Yeah. Although no, the, the, I mean those are those are all, mm. all all I would agree. I I love all those movies. Yeah. Have you watched Dr. Sleep yet? Uh, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, that was okay. Just like the book. Yeah, that was okay. <laughs> I, I didn't, to me, that didn't really seem like a, it wasn't really a horror movie. It wasn't. It like was it kind was of just to make, I mean, the, the book gave yeah. you much more horror vibes. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, <clears throat> that, that would make sense. Yeah. But it so. also ended well because he didn't write it by himself. <laughs> oh, see, see, I, I, I'm not familiar enough with that. I didn't, I didn't realize there was someone else that he wrote that with. Okay. Yeah, I think I have it on my shelf over here somewhere. Okay. Somewhere <laughs> over there. So do you buy into, because I was watching, I can't remember what it was called. I think it was called like Room. Oh, geez, I don't remember. Oh, God. I can't remember the name of the room number in uh, The Shining. But there was a documentary that came out a few years ago that was talking basically about all of the hidden um, associations to mm-hmm. a lot of the imagery, just just the things that Kubrick included in his his movie, his the version he did of The Shining. Um, what what what's your take on that? I'm just curious. Like like it's almost like like there's this conspiracy theorist mindset that's kind of set in around <clears throat> some of the hidden meanings and things. Um, as someone who has enjoyed enjoys that movie, um, what's your what's your thought on that? I'm just curious. Uh, conspiracy theory. Uh, you can't be a director without having some conspiracy theory that you believe. Mm, um, okay. And I believe that you will showcase it in everything that you do. And so it wouldn't surprise me at all if half mm. of it was true. Um, but on that kind of remark, I have a question for you, I suppose, uh, as people who are well-studied and versed in the spiritual studies, tell me if you believe that the conjuring and the conjuring two were actually, and the nun, my apologies, were influenced by the esoterists by an esoteric practice i go ahead austin okay so i i'm a fan of those movies and let me say why i'm a fan of those movies because they're so terrible um right i have met ed and maureen warren i'm sorry rest their souls I don't like to speak out of the dead. That's a lie. I speak out of the dead all the time. Um, and I can say this. They, those, those, those stories were true for them. They were true for them. I, I do believe that every horror story that comes out that is quote unquote based on a true story has obviously some theme of truth. However, the conjuring two was widely debunked. Um, uh, conjuring one actually has some truth to it. And there was a show that I was watching a documentary where they actually like brought the family back Mm-hmm. And did an investigation, which, okay, very interesting, but nowhere near what the movie was. Obviously, that was Hollywoodized. Well, yeah, I mean, everything's going to be dramatized. So, <clears throat> the reason I ask this is because those three movies are the highest grossing Conjuring movies. And mm-hmm. all of them have influence from Valak, the treasure hunting demon. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, oh, that's why. All right. If you think. I, I, I believe, so I do believe, and this just goes back to a lot of my previous practices and how they influence me now. I do believe that when you center around a name like Valak 
or Vipar or another entity like that, you're going to pull those energies towards you. And I'm, I believe that there is a particular ghost hunter with a very popular show and museum um, that actually, because everything is always demonic to them, mm -hmm. I'm thoroughly convinced that they actually made a contract with a, a daemon, and that's how all this has happened for them. Interesting. It, they made the contract, and it was the daemon will gain more power, and daemons will be more noticed through this. And I, I, I so I, it's, I guess it's a conspiracy theory, but also there are connections and colleagues of mine that could back that up a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, I won't okay. say the name. And I, I guess I'm not, you're not going to say the name. I'm not going to say the name of the show or the person. All I will say is there's a museum and Royd Rage usually. Oh. Uh. Yes, him. I yes. don't. I don't care for him. Yes, um, hobbitses. <clears throat> anyway, um, I guess I'm. I'm not enough of a fan of those films to to really have considered that. To to I have always drawn, force him to watch. Drawn the connection time. of of Valak as a as a demonic or a goetic spirit in all of those films. But yeah, but yeah, that is that is true. There is that crossover there. Interesting. Well, mm -hmm. and 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 like like Matt said, how they're the top three grossing. Mm -hmm. Makes very it's very interesting. Yeah, but the representation of Valak in those films is, of course, very. Uh, I'm not gonna say Christianized, but it, but it is. Yeah, I mean, know? it's definitely not a baby riding a dragon like it's supposed to be. But you I know, know. Yeah, that would have yeah. been so cute. Yeah, ex exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but, but that that is that is interesting though. I mean, I, I suppose you you could look at the concept of something like that. You talked about a moment ago, Austin. You talked about how people who create these things form contracts you know consciously or not mm -hmm. with with these kinds of spirits um and i i guess i would look at it like possibly or, or slightly differently i would i would say that the creation of something like that could potentially in itself create like a construct or an egregore mm -hmm. yeah most definitely not that not that valak is an egregore necessarily but uh but but you know just the concept the idea of something mm -hmm. like that you know like this spirit has now been given a greater source of energy or attention and as a result has kind of seen its power mm -hmm. raised oh, and, nom, 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 nom. yeah so i don't know that's that's a very interesting mm -hmm. thing to talk about hmm. um i just want to point out and i didn't know this until yesterday when i was doing a lesson with one of my, one of my voice students apparently there's a shining musical i'm I've... leaving the planet thank you right yeah <laughs> so i trust me there's also a carry musical um i don't like it here any i hate carrie, it here carrie could carrie would almost make more so i'm getting like this weird crossover of like <gasps> a carrie story but like high school musical like thrown together like, <laughs> that, that to me that to me could almost make sense as a musical but the shining no, just... you're gonna give people ideas please stop oh I, you're right you're, 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 you're absolutely right I'm, I'm creating another egregore right i don't uh, want anyway, it i don't um, want this in my life so no yeah no i'm no i mean I, don't get me wrong i i'm not a musical theater person and ugh, no but um the shining really yeah wow. don't don't apparently it was really bad obviously yeah i mean they made a human centipede uh musical so really what like, what oh yeah it was like a total street art thing you can look it up it's fantastically oh. bad yeah yeah no people will put music to anything yes they do yes. it's it's ridiculous <laughs> they really they, sh they shouldn't you know there are um, certain things that would make sense 
for musicals. I mean, the Adams Family musical. That makes sense because in the Adams Family, music was a huge thing. Was it? Yes. Kind okay. of upset if you, uh, if you, if we are not putting two two together on that one. That one, like, come on, it's the Adams Family. Do 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 do. Oh, I know, but like, I'm I'm <laughs> thinking of like, I mean, I'm thinking of the original series though like the like the like you know the old black and white and even like the original stories always was playing the piano yeah yeah that's true yeah yeah that's yeah yeah. I don't know. I guess, oh God, you know, I, again, I really, I'm just not a musical, You're not a musical person. person. Okay. I, my, my, my belief around that is just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. Yeah. Great. Uh, I agree with you for the most part, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> at least, at least we're, at least we're musical theater and Broadway are concerned. Um, um, so yeah, you just brought up The Shining and I was like, I should share this horrible, horrible track. Thank you so much for hurting my entire yes. feeling. Yeah. I only have one left. Now, so. yeah. You're yeah. you're welcome. I'm we, sure you'll we have were, nightmares about it. We were it. already all feeling lost in the world and now you've made that even worse. Um, okay. Thanks, Andrew. All right. Well, so Matt, is there... Is there, <laughs> is there, is there anything else on, on the topic of folklore that we haven't really talked about? it's such a broad and ginormous spectrum of things um, Mm -hmm. that yeah, probably. Um, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I guess I should have been more clear. Is there anything else you would like to say on that topic before we, we maybe switch or or tangent again? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Folklorists are not just storytellers. You have your folklorists who are storytellers and your folklorists who are not. Um, so when you see somebody who calls himself a folklorist or is a folklorist, whether that is a degree or not, don't ask them to tell you stories. Mm. We're not we're not all ready to go at a moment's notice. No, I, I think that 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 would be fair. I mean, I think you'll get that in any kind of specialized or with any anyone who has any kind of specialized pool of knowledge. I think is going to deal with that. You know, I mean, we we see that here, you know, like every time anybody in the shop finds out that somebody working here is works here as one of the psychics, the first thing they're like, oh, well, tell me something about my future. No, or, it's usually usually for me, it's because uh, they find out I'm a medium. And so they're like, oh, well, is do I have anyone following me around right now? And I always look at them and I used to be like, everyone does. Yes. And now I'm just like, I'm not on the clock. No. <laughs> well, I think that happens a lot, like because because I'm I'm I really I like I I you know I love uh, stand up comedy and I you know and I follow a lot of stand up comedians you know and that's one of the things that they often say too is like when people find out I'm a comedian the first thing to do is well tell me a joke you no. know well, you're like you're like like one I'm not on stage two it doesn't work like that well it's um, the same thing when people find out I'm an opera singer sing me sing, sing me something from oh I know and you just hate opera. having to sing for people. well it's because you what happens it. what ends up happening is they I I'll, I'll pull out like Kejere da Manina from La Boheme and they're like oh I was thinking more like Phantom of the Opera and I was like ew 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 Andrew yeah. Lloyd Webber ew valid is he the Webber. one that did The Shining musical no <laughs> but it would make sense i get it i oh my god if it was that would be i would see that show just just to hate it just to hate it i mean that's kind of what it is right it's like it's like i i it's like what was the oh god what were those horrible movies that came out years ago that were um the sharknado movies oh, Lord. and like and everybody was like you have to watch these they're so terrible and i'm like 
why would I want to waste my time watching something that is so terrible? And they're like, no, but that's what you makes them right. so like that's what makes them so good. Is they're yeah, so but terrible? You did it right. And I'm no, God, no, I've never seen those movies. I, I do it. I, I couldn't bring myself to do it. I'm like, my God, I'm I'm much too busy for this. Peer pressure. Um, peer pressure. Peer anyway, pressure. but I was like, oh my God, no, I can't. Um, anyway, but it's one very much one of those things. Like, like I I have to see this if for no other reason. It's like it's like that morbid curiosity, right? Like mm. I've got to look at the accident. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. You're weird, Austin. I'm a little weird, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So, Matt. Yeah. I forgot what we were talking about because I tangented. It's uh, been a long day. Yeah, we were talking about um, don't Can ask you... folklorists to folklore on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, if people wanted to learn more about folklore, what would be some good sources you would think of well, particularly any any folklore. Like, do you have any favorite authors on particular subjects or, I don't know, anthologies? Oh, uh, avoid Ovid. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I I guess my biggest thing would be start, start with history before you go into just folklore because you can pick up any fairy tale book and just read it and sure. Okay. Congratulations, you have the folk tales now, um, but it doesn't mean anything to you. Even mm -hmm. if they are completely accurate uh, folklore or completely accurate folk tales, mm -hmm. you don't get anything out of that. It means nothing to you. Uh, one of the most powerful spell books of all time, generally speaking, is considered a storybook the Bible. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. It is a storybook. Mm -hmm. If you read it, though, that means nothing to you. Mm -hmm. It means that you are now reading the stories out of the Bible. That's all you get out of it. Yeah. It isn't until you understand the culture and the people that it affected. Um, so reading through history and theology that you actually can take the Psalms and start working towards practices that's borderline getting into hoodoo, but you're most likely not going to uh, get into hoodoo on accident via that way. Yeah. yeah. Well, 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 on top of that, like that, that's that's borderline hoodoo, but then you also have like some of the Appalachian stuff that'll get into it. Yeah, certainly. Um, you know, my my, my mama, she she used the Book of Psalms for for everything for everything and she was such a christian she was a she was such, she a, was christian. such a christian and if you pissed her off <laughs> she'd put you in a jar yeah i bet she was magic as hell she <laughs> she was she was most definitely a conjure and root worker um and i always like of course during my rebellious teenage years i was like i don't want to use the bible i'm not christian and now i look back on it and i'm like Oh God, the book of Psalms. There's everything from money spells in there to impregatory curses. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah, and I use them quite frequently now. Mm -hmm. I use them quite frequently simply because, well, I learned about it. Well, and that's the whole thing. Any fairy tale that people look up, any folklore they look up, they get the adventure out of it. That mm -hmm. is why you see a lot of fear in it. Mm. They aren't looking at why. Like, do you understand how many people I've ever heard say that they quote unquote worship a windy nope? Um, yeah. It's wild, but they don't understand. And that's why they say it. Yeah. First off, they get an Algernon Blackwood variant of 
<laughs> an Algonquin story. Yeah. And then they don't understand how how bitter and frosty a cold night mm-hmm. in Canada can really be. Mm-hmm. How deathly cold it can be if you're all by yourself or if you're just with people and have no food and no fire. Mm-hmm. How there's a very real possibility that you do make it out, but you had to do something that you would never be considered again to be a human because you would do something so awful as to destroy your own family Mm -hmm. just to survive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Those things don't come with Mm -mm. just reading about the story of a Wendy. No, no. Instead Mm -hmm. it, comes with understanding the culture and the pivotal need to survive for that culture Mm -hmm. i should make matt incense that that's called windy nope (laughs) i'd be curious to see what you would scent that with i don't know matt may not want that incense who knows um There could be there could be there could be a there could be a superstitious component True. to that or, or, like, or a, like a candle that says we, windy nope used I'm, to warn against malicious spirit. yeah i'm not i'm not algonquin uh i just have go. a big old love for a lot of the algonquin stories mm-hmm. kind of where i started and yeah i just North love Carolina. Carolina. What, do you, what do you so okay so this this is going to be um another just another like like kind of like random question okay and um mm-hmm. um what's your what's your take okay and i and i, I i'm gonna try to state this because the last thing I, would, I want this to do i the last thing i want to do is is this to sound insulting or diminishing of these stories these these indigenous stories but as sure. uh, um, do you feel like, like in a, in a more contemporary way that like some of what we identify in like, like the cryptid community, um, mm. like what's, what's your take on like the overlap between, you know, like these, these, uh, folkloric creatures that we see, like things like, you know, like we were just talking about the Windy Nope, um, and others like, like in, you know, in, in our area of the country here, you know, we have, um, a lot of the, the local, uh, indigenous community, you know, they, there's a lot of fear around, uh, skinwalkers. Um, you know, and, um, you know, and that's a conversation that comes up here quite a bit with, with people, indigenous people that come into the shop. Um, you know, um, do you, like, do you see, or what, what's your personal belief on like, like the, like, like these, these creatures exist, like, but, but that they could perhaps be something a little bit different in the evolutionary chain. Um, so for very, very starters, uh, your local cryptid is not generally a folkloric creature. Uh, they have kind of different genres however uh to what you're saying specifically i've always told people it does not matter what i believe um what matters more is how it affects that culture and if that culture believes in it then shut up and do what you can to help them um have they lived this long with this knowledge and it's kept them safe great then do more of that okay um but there is something to be said about like where is a culture versus when we finally hit science? It's just like in spirituality. Mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. have a lot of different herbal remedies and a lot of different magics that we find out later are more of a scientific basis. Yeah. Um, changelings a long time ago were considered people stolen by fairies. We find out later that they were actually just near divergent children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You get all of these different things. Um, until I hear from indigenous scientists who can confirm, in my opinion, 
I'm not going to worry about it. If somebody, if my aunt, if an auntie tells me not stay away from that, that's not good. Then I'm like, okay, okay. I'll avoid it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. No, no, that, that's no, that's a good well, question. I, I or, mean, or a good answer. That's a good answer. I mean, we have similar yeah. things in, in, in Italian folklore and Italian magic. Oh, I think those are things you find all you over. You find the world. them everywhere, yeah. and mm. and still to this day, there are certain things that my nonna and my mama told me that I'm still like, Mm-mm. Mm-mm. yeah. Well, you nope. well you do. You learn those things. Yeah. Yep. So, all right. Every time someone says I see a vampire, I'm like, do they have tuberculosis? What happened? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are they okay? <laughs> yes, yeah, or all all the people They're vaccinated, who, right? People suffering from porphyria in the dark ages who were believed to be werewolves and vampires, yes. Um yeah. I'm telling you, that's why I need a grow monk's hood. For... I mean, I also would like the monk's hood. <laughs> Look what Mike got me. No one can really see it except it's for a, it's a, Matt. I love but that. It is a, a wolf's bane sticker. It's a beautiful aconite. I love yeah. purple aconite. Uh, we yeah, we we've a, a friend who uh, makes she designed stickers. So that was a that was a purchase to, to support her shop. Um, <clears throat> anyway, I'm not um, allowed to grow out. All right, we we got a question um, from one of our listeners uh, on a prior podcast. Uh, I believe okay. it was the one where we discussed deities and working with <clears throat> deities as a part of okay. spiritual. Oh, practice. fun! Um, yes. So I was just wondering, are you are would you be interested in, in hanging around for an extra second and giving us your take on this? Sure. All right. So the question is, okay. Um. Or I guess it's I, okay. So I to say it's a question isn't right. Okay. So basically, they're 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 wanting to know if we can give them some practical. And I guess everybody's definition of practical is going to differ. But I'm guessing like day to day can do this in the process of my normal daily kind of life routine kind of stuff. Okay. But practical ways to include deities and these kinds of spirits in your craft, like just, you know, I guess ways to better bridge the spiritual and the mundane and around deity work. Funny enough, I am the perfect person to ask this question because that's literally the Hopi nation. Like our Kivas, our sacred spirits, Hmm? they're with us in everything we do. So the the fact that nobody ever asks indigenous people this is hilarious. Hmm. Um, Do what bring homage to everything that you are doing with your deity. If you are the worshiping of spring, let's say, whatever spring deity it may be, mm-hmm. order a salad. <laughs> like, why not? It's really not big. Shop at local markets. It's bringing homage to the land that you're on. It's bringing homage to the fresh vegetables that this uh, time frame would be giving you. Like mm-hmm. do things like that. They're so simple and maybe it's an extra dollar and oh, well, at least you're actually giving that offering, bringing that deity with you, mm-hmm. doing what that deity would do uh, or suggest to you. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's an everyday thing. If you're going to take a nap and again, we'll, we'll keep the spring theory going on why not go take a quick snooze underneath a a tree as long as you're in a safe location to do so like why not all of that kind of stuff it's a day-to-day thing but it does bring homage to what you are uh working with or worshiping okay yeah yeah when i know i mean i just you know an answer i would throw out in in you know to this question uh, would basically be um 
And this is something I was having a conversation with one of our, our um, is he a cohort? I don't know, George. George was here today. And George I and I were kind of, George and I were kind of on the same page. One of the other things that I would recommend in a practical way to incorporate uh, or honor, acknowledge whatever your deities, your spirits in day-to-day -day life is to, um, you know, consecrate or, or um, I would say, uh, well, just that. Consecrate the things that you do with your day-to-day -day life or in your day-to-day -day life to those spirits. You know, um, George and I were talking earlier, we were talking, say, so say you're um, someone that works as a, you know, like you're a tailor or a seamster, or you do something where you work with, you know, woven cloth, you know, fiber, these kinds of things, you know, and, you know, and you work with a deity that is associated with arts and creation, you know, you could say, you know, you could do a working of some kind or, or, or a ceremony of some kind and basically saying, you know, like, every time I use this tool, to complete my next project. Every time I pick up this paintbrush to compete, complete my next painting, um, you know, I do this in your name or I do this to honor you, you know? I mean, that would be another way, you know, and you could get really, you know, you could get really imaginative with that depending on, you know, the particular deity that you were working mm -hmm. with. Um, but that would be one other thing I would recommend yeah. or suggest. I, I'm gonna agree, I agree with both of you obviously i mean well i should hope so the the thing is is deity work has become so prevalent and it, it's great i'm so glad you know but once again you don't need deities to be a witch or, that's a very good point or, you, you know do, you don't have to work with those spirits to be a spiritual exactly you don't even need to work with gods to be a spiritual practitioner if you would just want to work with elemental spirits and stuff like that cool that's your jam um but you still need to incorporate those things throughout your life and that's where that disconnect happens is there are people who will do huge formal daily devotional rituals and then they go out into the into their mundane world and their mundane life and don't live that you know it's like um I, it's I, like church. Exactly. I mean, I work. <clears throat> I, I work with. I work with the goddess Hecate. Um, I, I I worship and venerate her, and also Lucifer and uh, the Roman Lucifer. And when I sing and when I do art, that is for Lucifer. And as I sing and I release that energy and the air moves past my vocal folds, um, I am honoring. I'm honoring him. With Hecate, I do it in multiple ways. I mean, I'm one of the shop owners here. You know, she is a goddess of witches. And part of part of being being a Hecatean practitioner is helping guide wayward witches. You know, that's part of what it is. If you're working with Hecate, people who have lost their path will come to you and they'll just find you. Um, another way that I do it is with the garden, honestly. I mean, I have a, I have a little bit of a poison thumb, but, um, that, that's one of the ways I do. I mean, I'm growing to Tora and she is going crazy and she is so happy right now. Don't touch me with your thumb. Do it. Do it hard. Oh, it's poison. It's poison. He did. Oh my God. It's on my face. Oh God. Um, um rip. <laughs> so, so I, I agree with those things, but in order to, to honor and practice, it goes back to it goes back to living as that deity would want you to live to exemplify them in your everyday life and that doesn't need to be huge and crazy it doesn't need to be 
explicit. If you're working with a deity who is Dionysus or Bacchus, right? Party themes. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean you need to be having a party every day and every night. Just try and bring some joy to other people's lives. Try and have let people have a little bit more fun around you. Try and be that sort of life at the party. You don't have to be crazy. Okay. If you mess with an element of the wind, roll down your windows in the car. Yeah. So I guess this is this is another kind of question. And, and again, as you know, again as as an indigenous person, I, I would like like your take on this. Um, I I find in in discussing in in working with uh, or, or discussing this, you know, particularly the work the working with deities and gods as you know spiritual allies, um, in whatever tradition or whatever practice, um, I find that that also seems to be something that seems to be very like Eurocentric, and like very colonizer kind of mindset. Like I just I just I guess just just the way that I see a lot of people talking about that, the way that they approach that, the way they do that, it seems very to me to be very like. Maybe maybe it's not about Eurocentric or Eurocentricity. Maybe it's more about like like churchianity. Like there seems to be almost this like carryover of religiosity in the way that a lot of pagan or alternatively spiritual mm -hmm. people are pursuing connection with their gods. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, so yeah. Um, for that, I've actually noticed that it's a lot of uh, the Dino DNA kind of bases. Mm. Um, first off, so when you see a bunch of reconstructionist paganism they have to bind it with something to finish off the piece and they always choose christianity for some in particular reason probably because mm. it's the thing that's been forced on them the most yeah so it's what they know it's what they go with so they're making gross little pagan dinos mm. um but when it comes to an indigenous mindset i can't give that to you as uh again we're not a monolith but yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, I, 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 I guess I just mean like your, your, you know, like your take. And in, in, I guess, I guess just personally, just you personally, like in conversations that you've had, because, because I'm sure, you know, as an occultist and as someone who does this, you know, you, you engage with other people, you talk about this. Have you noticed just in personal exchanges? Have you noticed that, that there does seem to be like these carryovers from these, um, you know, like again, like this, this religiosity or this, this again, like this very, um, just this idea that there, there's only one true way to work with or to approach these kinds of spirits. You know, like it seems to me to be a very dogmatic mm -hmm. uh, kind of a thing for a lot yeah. of people. Um, you know, and I, I think that that's just it's it's the wrong approach. I can definitely see that. Um, another part of it is that uh, indigenous people aren't very loud about what we how we work what we do because mm -hmm. it's so embedded in just our day-to-day -day life that we don't need to prove anything yeah. and that just seems to be the number one goal for a lot of these practitioners is i work with this person look how awesome my deity is and i'm like we don't need mm -hmm. to impress anything mm -hmm. yeah like, our day-to-day okay. -day, Corn grows because of corn mother. I don't need to tell you how corn grows. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Yeah. Well, and again, to me, that would seem to me like that would go back to our lupus back to kind of just practical ways to bring these energies into your life. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. having, I think, just an understanding like that this, this is something that is just going to be what it is. Mm -hmm because because of these powers or because of these 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 spirits. Um, you know, and having the ability just to accept that. And to move on with your life yeah that would seem to me to also be a very practical way mm -hmm. to work with these energies hmm. okay. well and, and another thing we need to remember that is that gods understand that we are mortal 
gods understand that we are human. Do they? Um, they do, which is why they find it hilarious when we try and do something more than what we're capable of. Mm. Um, and so when there's so much shame <laughs> that comes with working with these deities or these spirits and like, oh, my altar's dusty and oh, I forgot to do this and oh, I backed away for a minute. Unless even in even in ancient times, like ancient Greece and Egypt and so on and so forth, unless you were your job was priest or temple attendant, you didn't like you didn't get up every morning and do a three hour ritual to feed your deity. That wasn't your job. You don't know what I did with my mornings. This is true. Usually it centers around puppies right now. Yeah. Early morning puppy duty. Yeah. yeah. It's not a good oh, I'll be the first to confess. I'm lazy as shit. I wake up in the morning and I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I miss those days. Yeah. Yeah. We have to. <clears throat> yeah. We've got. <clears throat> excuse me. We've got. Yeah. We've got a. We've got new puppies in the house. And yes, they, they need to be up early in the morning to uh, go outside and potty. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Anyway. They're cute. They're cute as <clears throat> shit. Yeah. Well, yeah. They're. Yeah, they're and we love them. They're they're worth it, I guess. Um, they're so cute. Yeah. So all I'm right. Well, let's let's switch gears. So, what are what are we loving and or hating about just whatever aspect, whatever aspect of the spiritual community right now? Does anybody have anything they want to share? I have several, but I'll let Matt go first. Oh, okay. Well, thank you. Um, I guess my number one situation that I I hate if I gave a love and a hate the hate thing is just how easy it is to just give into the misinformed mm. like nobody asks a question about it they hear something they're like yep that's it it's like bro why why not just real quick say hey let's do a quick google search why not just take a mm -hmm. quick little gander and see what if you're saying tracks Matt um, does voices too I love it yeah yeah half the time uh love on the other hand is that community outreach is so easy now i can find somebody and after i vet them i'm like oh my god i finally have friends <laughs> i yeah. have friends that i can have these conversations with i just smacked my microphone so sorry yeah well I, that that's one thing that i am loving is that that ability for community outreach and how it's just so readily at our fingertips quite literally that's that's how i well now that. you're stealing matt's thing you need to come up with your own Sorry, Matt. It's okay. We can share. It's cool. Sorry. Just uh, your bring, typical white man thing, but you, you bring, know, whatever. You bring, <laughs> bring shame on this podcast, Austin. I'm sorry. Um, but that's honestly that that is one of the things that I do love. I'm more apt to do hate things just because I get a lot of hate, and that's fine. Um, <laughs> I eat it up. Um, nom, 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 nom. Um, You're just so fiery and ready to fight. I really am. Um, I will destroy anyone. Otherwise, um, but no, I I love that I love Matt said that because that's one of the reasons why I you know I, I reached out to Matt is because I was like you know what I've I've watched Matt's videos and Matt knows what he's talking about and and honestly I think Matt's a pretty cool guy and let's do it and so I I reached out and that's how Matt was like yeah let's do the podcast and I was like oh oh yay I did it I reached out to someone and so I, I love that and it would be really cool to have have more interactions like that what i'm hating 
what I'm hating is the uh, internet herbalists. Oh dear. I wondered if this was going to be where you were going to go. Go for it. Go for it. You're good. I'm just going to sit back here for a minute and let you do your thing. Okay. So internet herbalists. There are people who are still on mugwort kicks. And I don't know if Matt watched any of my videos today. I, um, I watched it go off a little bit. Um, just a little bit. Um, here's the thing. Herbs are dangerous. <laughs> yes. Yes. And <laughs> well, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter if it's one teaspoon of mugwort or five cups of mugwort. The reality is, is there is still that risk there if you don't know what you're doing. And to be a, with someone who, who attempted to drag me, as we say in the community, um, for basically reaching out and saying like, hey, you should like preface this, that these things, X, Y, Z, and basically being told I was mansplaining and that my compassion wasn't needed. I was like, well, fine. I hope you OD on mugwort. Like, that's about how I feel. And once again, it comes down to people not wanting those gates to be kept. And I'm just going to say this. I've been saying it for a minute. If my Nona and my Mama hadn't kept the gates that they were, didn't keep gatekeep the way they did, my tradition wouldn't have survived. I am very fortunate that I still have slivers of the familial tradition. Not a lot of people can say that. So. Yeah, yeah but those okay, but those are different things, though. You're talking about a a very personal familial spiritual practice. Yes. And then, but we're talking about the use of herbs. The use of herbs in general, right? In right. general, that. When you correct someone or bring up a concern, they're just like, oh, no, you're gatekeeping. And it's like, yeah, because that could kill someone. Yup. I mean, you wouldn't trust your surgeon not to get a degree. Like, mm -hmm. like you know, yeah, I get it. It won't kill you automatically. But if someone is already prone to issues that that herb affects or exacerbates, it's probably best that they avoid okay, so, okay so i'm sorry i'm going to interrupt your thing so just because i'm i missed a piece of this i i this this is a conversation that i had on social media i think a few months ago and at the time the focus was on using members of the artemisia family as abortifacents is this the same discussion no this okay, discussion right. though it ties into that um basically i was scrolling and i came across this I do this tea to help keep uh, during during my during my moons to help keep my senses blah 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 and it helps ease these things and I was like okay cool just be very careful with how much mugwort you you ah, consume okay and the response was that I would had mansplained this and and mm. I was like well I'm sorry that I didn't want you to overdose and end up in the hospital because you consumed too much of a member of the Artemisia family. Next time, make sure it's mugwort. Then you'll just be shitting your brains out. It's fine. Hmm. <sighs> so, and it just came back to that. And then again, someone responded today like, well, your opinion wasn't needed. And I was like, you're right. Making sure that people know that not to consume mugwort in copious quantities and that it affects people differently was not needed. Fuck off. Ultimately, you just can't trust people with herbs. You can't trust you can't trust people to <clears throat> figure out what to do with anything. Like mm. I made a video not too long ago talking about oxen bile. And mm. you know what the first thing everybody's response was? Oh, it probably makes you vomit. 
I never said to ingest it back mm. in the day. It was topical. Uh, <laughs> the first thing everyone thought about was putting it in their mouth. In their mouth, yeah. <laughs> well, and, and the video that I posted today was like, <clears throat> there's this mindset that more is better, more is better, more is better. And we see that not just with people trying to be their own herbal physician, but also with spell work and workings. Like if I put an entire three ounces of lavender on top of this small pillar candle, it's going to be more powerful and it will bring me lots of peace. No, it's just going to create a fire hazard, Becky. Yeah, but isn't more fire more power? No. Oh, okay. I you mean, know? it depends on the day. Wait, hold on. Let's, let's go back real quick before we say that. Hold on. <laughs> fire, fire definitely can be more power. Yes, it, yes, it can. But I, I will say this: you will, if you're if you're doing a working and you're doing a candle spell in particular, and you've minimally loaded your candle, you know, smartly, is to avoid a fire hazard, and you still get a plume of flame. That's a good sign. Mm. But if you overload your candle, this is, this is such a weird thing to hear you say because you're usually like more fire, more fire. I'm always about more fire, yes. But also, mm. I don't overload my candles. I used to. I don't anymore. It's been a couple weeks. Well, it's even what what continues to get worse is like even in spell work, people don't think. Period. That's that's it. Uh, I've seen yeah. people even like look at really old. Uh, spell manuscripts have really really old incense creations there's mm. dangerous things in there and yeah. they take it as law like they just mm. take it as this is this will work it's fine mm. i've seen people put aconite in like incense that they planned on and i'm like mm. bro yeah that may have flown when people were dying left and right of stupid things mm. we're, we're here now we know that ain't good <laughs> don't yeah. know bro yeah, we, we get that here a lot. We we have people come in because we, we have we keep an apothecary here and uh we, we have people come in that ask us. I think I think the most recent one was someone came in looking for quicksilver. Um <laughs> and I'm mercury? Like, yeah, like yeah, liquid mercury. And I'm like, uh one, you're not gonna find that in the average apothecary. Two, even if I had it, I wouldn't sell it to you because you look like the type of person that would immediately walk out of here and poison themselves. Um so yeah, it it, it is. It's very interesting to hear um some of the things that people, you know, they, they, they just these ideas, the information that they get from somewhere and they run with it. Older, <sighs> the, the people who came, the practitioners who came before us are the ones who laid the ground, the groundwork for what to do as well as what not to do. Hmm. And that includes quicksilver and burning aconite in a closed space. Mm. Yep. Well, and even then you don't see these people, even if they read it and it just says, you know, this is the herbal blend. They don't go the next step and go, oh, I should probably go do this outside. Yeah. Then they or, turn or, around. They don't think. Yeah. They don't Google. Or, or don't why? Google. You know, like that's the one thing that I find is is uh, kind of an, an, an issue uh, in a lot of those older manuscripts is there will be information listed there in a lot of those. But depending on the book, the grimoire, the manuscript, um, there isn't really a lot of explanation often as to why. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I, I'm kind of one of these like, like, we'll find out why. You know, if that if that recipe tells you to use this herb, find out why. I have scratched my head for days over old uh, cunning folk 
manuscripts mm. and grimoires and I've consistently drawn the conclusion they were nuts like yeah. that's all that I can think of because no matter mm. how far I look into it I'm like I get it you practice this with formulary but you were probably also high off your butt because well mm -hmm. you were doing so many formulas <laughs> yeah well yeah well and on top of that I mean even when we get into like familial formulas and familiar familial folk practices it's there's never going to be really given a reason as to xyz sometimes the reason is going to be because that's how it was always done because that's how it was always done. Well, and that's where folklorists come in. Oh, I did it. I went a full okay. circle. You did. You brought it back around. You saved this podcast. I did it. We were, uh, we were, we were completely lost. Thank you. That was the entire um, basis of folklorists, though. We're the ones who sit there going, why? Yeah. <laughs> why would do you, you do that? Do you do you find as someone who who is is you know well read in a lot of folklore, um, you know, and you talk about some of these old books, you know, where you 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 talk about like cunning folk and some of what they wrote down in in you know the realm of formulations and things, um, and you and you you say that in in researching a lot of that you've you've kind of come to the conclusion that a lot of them were just you know for whatever reason unstable in some way. Um, do you find that like that? Do you ever find uh, any indication, or do you have a belief that a lot of the times that information is written in, in some sort of code? Oh, absolutely. That yeah. oftentimes, um, I mean, Shakespeare, for instance, obviously is the obvious version of that. The man mm. was definitely a practitioner himself, or mm. he worked with practitioners. Yeah. Eye of Newt was never an eye of an actual Newt. Obviously, mm. all of that mm. was all plant and formula. Mm -hmm. So very obviously other people would have been covering the same kind of tracks. Um, and that's why you have to go through those filters and you have to actually critically think about everything that you put into your mindset, everything that is in front of you, you have to think about. <clears throat> yeah. There's uh, a book that I'm currently reading. I'm trying to decide if it's problematic or not. Um, it's the road to Dalus. And I don't even know if I'm saying that correct. Um, and it basically is just talking about the psychoanalysis and psychoanalytics of different mythologies from Grecian time. Oh. And that's where we get people like Sigmund Freud and Oedipus Rex. Yeah. When we don't critically think or we spend time critically thinking in the wrong areas, we end up with Freud. <laughs> we end up with people who put their own biases into yeah. work and cause destruction ultimately mm. to a lot of people. Yeah, that's true yeah hmm. what are you loving and hating i don't really have any loving and hating this week this was an odd week for me i'm feeling just just generally neutral about things at the moment i mean that's not bad it's not yeah. good <laughs> it's, it's neutral well, it's, very neutral. well it's, it's, it's unusual for me because i also usually tend to be a fairly strongly opinionated person and i'm like i'm just trying to think of like what am i what have i noticed lately i guess what it is, is i'm trying to think of what have we not already like talked about on like several prior episodes um probably not much because i find a lot of those things that are, are concerns for me like they're 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 constant it yeah. seems yeah so so that's okay rather than badger some of the the same points that i have on prior episodes i'm just gonna say like i can't really think of anything new I'm going to take that as a win. That's yeah. a win. Nice. <clears throat> and I'm not yeah. black swanning anymore. It's great. You're, that's very true. You're, you're done with the performance. Thank God. Um, yeah. So maybe life can, life can hopefully get back to some sense of. <laughs> now I'm just black swanning over incense bags.
Mm, why don't you quit black swanning? Because I don't think that's really like a... That's not a good thing. It's making me freak out. Yeah. It <laughs> looks like yeah. Swiss cheese. Anyway. Anyway. Be... Uh, for 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 Matt, who I, I'm sure knows about our shop, um, <laughs> I, I think I think Matt follows both of us. Um, uh, I make at minimum thirty different varieties of stick incense in the shop. Um, hand make them myself, and they are very popular. And I'm thoroughly convinced right. that some of our customers consume them like food. Mm -hmm. um, Because that's about how quickly they disappear off my wall, which is great. But I'm also, I, I tell people all the time, they're like, you must really love what you do. And I'm like, yes, I do love it. It is most definitely a labor of love. But it's also one of those things where I'm like, I never thought in a million years that my formulas and, 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 and my incense would be this popular. And so. Great. And that's great. Um, and then when you die, who is going to take that mantle? I'm just gonna. I don't know. That'll be or are it. you gonna leave a book? And if you do, are you gonna make sure people know why all of it's in there? It'll it'll just be a. I think it'll be one of those like we'll do like a like a celebration of life slash memorial and and everybody. We'll just make it very clear that as Austin has now left this realm, so too do his incense leave. <laughs> well, as Austin has probably lit himself on fire. Yes. <laughs> We'll take all the incense that you've made and all of the and just all of my funeral all pyre. of the formulations that you've written down and that'll be your funeral pyre. It'll be yeah. great. Yeah. And I, no, I actually do have um, I do have them all written down with their purposes, including the incantations and even sigils that I utilize to charge them because I do charge them. We'll embalm you with your own essential oils. Oh my God, yes! It will smell so good. <laughs> Except for my essential oils are extremely corrosive, and even better for embalming you. And they will just eat through my skin. I will turn. It's okay. Them We're already going with an altar, like a a pyre. So you yeah. know, you'll you'll be stinking. I'll be on the, the pyre. ultimate. I'll be the <laughs> ultimate essential oil diffuser. You are the incense now. <laughs> I am the incense. There you go. We'll we'll sell you in little little prepackaged bags. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Okay. Uh, no one wants me on there. All right. I'll okay. Well, up. Matt, I, th I think we, we probably we've kept you long enough tonight. Oh, and, no, absolutely. No you're worries. good. You're good. But I, I do, though. I think we're going to we're probably going to call it an episode. Um, I just um, I want to thank you for taking some time yes, um, for, so for chatting with us. And, um, you know, it's 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 been a pleasure to have you here and, and to kind of hear your voice on some of these things and and to hear you talk about some of the research and the work that you've done with the with the folklorism uh folklorism folklore Oof. um anyway <laughs> for, for i i am a fervent worshiper of all folklore now all of okay. it at the exact same time gotcha okay. for, for our listeners matt um where where can they find you and get more information or possibly get in touch with you if they have questions comments or concerns um tiktok twitch instagram twitter it's all under matt hatter plays i will okay. be very lucky with my name okay perfect all right awesome we will go ahead and do that you have an instagram yes uh yes still matt hatter plays cool. okay okay we so will we will um we will post your 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 links uh, as we update or, and post the uh, podcast, the, we'll probably get this podcast posted in the next half an hour or so. And um, yeah, we'll make sure all that information is there so people can follow up and learn more, learn more from you. Awesome. Thank so, you so much, guys, for having me uh, 
have yeah. a wonderful rest of your evening. You, I, you, you do the same. Thank you. you. Hopefully, hopefully we can have you back on at some point. Yes, yeah. it would be great. I, I would be really would be cool amazing. Be like Matt and then like Frankie at the same time. Okay. We are usually in the same room if you would like. We can do the whole nine yards. Really? Yeah. She that lives is- like an hour away. Oh god, I had no idea. Okay, shit. Okay, I don't know. That's cool. I had no idea. All of these lovely people, like you and Frankie, and a couple other people we've met, y'all are, y'all seem to be like really close to each other, and we're like, 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 God, we need to take a road trip somewhere. We got to go see these people. Let's um, go. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, cool. we'll let you go. Have a good <laughs> evening, Matt, and thank you so much. Yeah. All right. No thank worries. You. See you. Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye.